When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Oh, come on, Stills, play it. Hello, hello out there, youngsters and people who are just tuning in and don't know what the hell youngsters means. Uh, Welcome to Long May You Young. My name is Luke. I don't normally do an intro, but it's a new year. We're trying something a little new. We have a lot of kind of cool interviews with different uh, artists uh, and different personalities over the next few weeks and months, and so we're trying to do uh, kind of an X-Files thing. You know how in the X-Files... Uh, you know, you had your episodes that kind of walked along that whole Mulder timeline, but then you had your one-off monster episodes in between. So I think we're going to do that for 2021. We're, go- we're still going to go album by album, but it's going to be more of a two-week thing, at least for the foreseeable future, because we're interviewing a lot of cool people. Um, and so in between each one of those, we're going we're gonna to talk to different artists and personalities about about Neil, obviously, and just about themselves. And today, uh, we're talking to Griffin Sherry from the Ghost of Paul Revere. Um, I've had the pleasure of knowing Griffin for probably four or five years at this point. Um, we've played with them a few times in Boston. They're a folk stomp and holler band out of Maine, and they're they've played all over the country, all over the world, actually. And uh, they are they've been on Conan. They're they're some of the best dudes I know and some of the most talented dudes I know. They have a album that they put out last year called Good at Losing Everything, and it's so good, and I really, really hope that you check it out. Uh, you can find, if you just look up on Spotify, Ghost of Paul Revere, you'll find them. Also, go to their website. You can buy their album on vinyl. You can um, uh, support them on Patreon. I think it's patreon.com slash ghost of Paul Revere. Uh, but we got to talk to Griffin about Neil and about touring and and just all kinds of fun stuff on this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. And I hope that you, if you weren't familiar with them before, I hope that you really check them out because I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by their music and uh, and by this interview. And if you don't like it, then I don't give a fucking shit because that's what our motto has been from the beginning. We fucking don't care. We love Neil. And we love you. And if you don't like this, then just leave us a bad review or whatever you want. I don't care. I'm rambling now because uh, that's what I do when I have a microphone. Let's let's get to this interview. Here it is. Uh, it's uh, it's Long May You Young, and this is our interview with Griffin Sherry from the Ghost of Paul Revere. Um, all right, Griffin's here. Do you want to just me to just admit him, and then we'll just roll? I can just hit the theme song, or do you want to just not have the theme song, and I can overdub it where I like it after? Yeah, just um, do that. Unless he yeah, wants to. That's hear fine. Him. I mean, whatever. Either way, whatever's easier. Hey, there he is. Hey, what's, what's going up? on? What's up, Griff? <laughs> Nothing. Griff's got a rig too. 
get my fucking desktop all set up. Oh, there's no swearing on this podcast. I should have told. Oh you. shit! Yeah, this is a family <laughs> started? show. What? No, I mean I record everything just in case, but. Mike Shue and the Condon Boys, Trans and Harvest and Illinois. We're gonna sit and listen to each one. It's long, may you young. It's just like Neil, man. Once uh, you enter the room, the tapes are rolling. We get everything. <laughs> That's right. You don't. You don't want to feel Russ's wrath if you don't. Yeah. All right. <laughs> What are you drinking, Griffin? Uh, this one's a uh, bullet rye right now. Yeah. Attaboy. Oh, nice. yeah. That's a classic, Griff. Yeah, how are you guys doing? Oh, look at that. What's we, uh, that fancy drink? So we, we every episode we make up drinks based on the album we're covering or the episode. So this one, I'm thinking of, and also there's a drink called Squirt. I don't know if you, have you heard of Squirt. Oh, dude. So uh, we have really good friends in the Quad Cities that we stay with every time we tour through town. Oh, hell yeah. Um, that the, um, the Thieves and, and Darling Side introduce us to. And they make a drink out there uh, that's a, that's just uh, Squirt and Kessler's Whiskey, which is like this really cheap fucking Midwestern whiskey. Uh, and it knocks you on your fucking It's great. Oh, but hell yeah. The sugar hangover the next day is intense. <laughs> you just if you like look at our uh, the the one time we did audio tree, uh, the hangover on all of our faces is because of that friggin' drink. I've never had it with whiskey before. Oh, it's yeah, that's yeah we fascinating. I don't think we've yeah. made a squirt whiskey drink yet. We did the squirt fireball, so that's technically whiskey. Oh right, but that was delicious. That was delicious. There's, I, we haven't made a bad squirt based beverage yet. We started doing squirt based beverages because uh, Mike on one of the first episodes he comes in all excited with this like 24 pack of these cans of squirt was seven bucks for a 24 <laughs> pack at walmart in pennsylvania but you but you were like you can't get these anywhere these are the best and we tried yeah, we tried and we're like these are really good and then i went to market basket down the road from me like the week after and i'm like oh yeah they sell them at my market basket <laughs> yeah, she was referring to 83 yeah. <laughs> he couldn't get them but this is um, this is squirt tequila and a little bit of cranberry juice, and there I'm thinking go. about this calling it the Griffin Squirty. I'm oh, thinking. Oh God, please don't anything. <laughs> that's off. The Griffin squirt of Paul squirt. Revere, maybe. Squirt of Paul. Oh God. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> we tend to be more of like a put liquor in a glass kind of band. That's about, yeah, that's that about as true. far as we go as far as the technicality <laughs> stuff is concerned. Yeah, I was watching an interview. You, you said you, you party like folk musicians, as folk musicians do. What does that mean exactly? Uh, I think that's a, more of a joke because we tend to party pretty hard uh, comparatively to all of our other friends who are in, uh, you know, kind of like nationally touring folk bands. They all tend to take it pretty easy. There's a couple in particular, especially from New England, not to name names, but they, they do not party on the road. Um, which is a very stark contrast to us because, like, sometimes it, some, some of the years it's been like, are we going to make it to the next town? Because <laughs> it's just, just how it goes, you know? Yeah. It's all about my, having fun. Some of my latest nights were with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, one time we were up till like 4 a.m. 
Yep. That it was the uh, one of the, the last uh, Brighton Hall shows we did with you guys was a super yeah, late one was, if I remember correctly right? oh, that, that was one so and then the, the one one we did in Maine too. Well, you yep. might have just came and seen us at Empire, and then I think we ended up staying up real late. That's yeah. We went to that. Is that the night we went to the house party? Then we went back to Kevin's office. Yes. Yeah. 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 That was yeah. fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, we're uh, we're talking to Griffin Sherry from uh, the Ghost of Paul Revere. They have a not brand new album, but an album that came out last year. It's called Good at Losing Everything. Griffin, it is, I think, in my opinion, your best album yet. Thank you. Um, and particularly you that song yeah. really hit me in the feels because lyrically, I mean, it's not a dark song, but it definitely covers some like darker subject matter, but it's a more up-tempo tune. Yeah, so. I mean, that, I think when, um, you know, the song was originally kind of more of like a dirge. It was a little bit slower, and then like... Uh, um, in just working with uh, my buddy and who who's, uh, who ended up producing the record, Spencer Albee, um, we decided to like try to turn it on its head and make it a seven eight kind of more sing along song, mm. um, which was great. And I, you know, we kind of lucked out that we would have a record and a song called "Good at Losing Everything" during twenty twenty. I mean, it's right. kind of crazy that that's how that planned out and or played out. Yeah, in part. Our, ours was yeah. the opposite. It was called "Make Things Better." <laughs> <laughs> Everything just got worse. You guys are at fault. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's true. What was it okay. like for you last year, Griff? How, I mean, obviously it's, it's been fucking nuts for, for all of us, especially musicians, but how have you guys been doing and how are you personally and are you holding up? Is everything okay? And yeah, man, I mean, we took it really seriously. Um, yeah. We, it, it, it certainly turned our entire year on its head. Um, we were supposed to actually, we, we canceled our flights the day we were supposed to leave. We were supposed to fly to Norway. We had a, we had a wow. seven week tour of Norway and Sweden and Denmark, uh, starting on March 15th. And, and awesome. that, that like Saturday evening late, we had been going back and forth about whether or not like this thing was going to like actually pick up steam. Um, and if in a couple weeks we'd be, you know, safe to fly back to the United States cause we didn't want to get stuck in Norway. Um, and like, it was literally, we decided to cancel our flights and stay home and cancel the tour. And then the next day they shut down air flight and like, oh, then wow. we were grounded. And then, oh. and you know, we, the, the hundred plus shows that were scheduled for the rest of the, you know, cause we, we, our agent's really great and he, and he keeps our year very stacked. And, and so we were scheduled out straight until probably March. I mean, we were probably scheduled out straight until October, um, with shows. Wait, wait, and, just, just, not just in Europe. No, 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 not just in Europe. Oh, okay. I mean, like, That's so a we, long European tour. Yeah, <laughs> it's really long. I mean, if we had gone over there, we probably would. Might we might still be there? I don't Mike, know. he just told you how they party. What do you expect? Man? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> exactly. I, well, Griff, I'm talking to professionals you, here. Sorry. At least you look like those guys, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I fit in. We we actually fit in pretty well in Denmark. It was really surprising, but it was a lot of when we we went over there last year, and it was a ton of fun. Uh, we certainly don't. We don't sound anything like the Danish or uh, yeah, the Norwegians. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, but it's kind of good to go. I found it a, a lot of fun to go over there as an American. Current, like not currently, currently, but as of 2019, and and because you really could make fun of yourself, and it's a great way to like kind of stumble through the door and get people to automatically want to hang out with you, <laughs> which is great to just be like, yeah, I'm sorry, we're Americans. Like, <laughs> our bad. Like, <laughs> I hear adopt the, us, please I, adopt us. I thought we've never we've never toured Europe, but the the bands that we've talked to have said that they love American bands over there. I don't know about Denmark specifically, but 
Yeah, I mean, so we we kind of got our foot in the door with uh, this festival called Turner, which is uh, uh, in where's in Western Denmark, like kind of in the sticks. Like even my friends from Copenhagen were like, we don't know where that is, which is also hysterical because it's only two hours away, and it's like, how do you not know where something is two <laughs> right. hours away? Like, Denmark's I, the I size of like West live. Virginia, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tiny. It's yeah. like in Maine, you're like, you know. You know people who live in a town that's two hours away, even if you like have never spent any time there. It's like how it goes. But yeah, um, so we did that, and they, yeah, so like ton of American bands, and and we were over there with uh, uh, a bunch of a bunch of great American bands um, and a bunch of friends, which was really cool. Like Caitlin Canyon was over there, and and uh, man, yeah, the nice. metal and orange, and and yeah, just a ton of people. So it was like got our foot in the door that way, but. You know, this was going to be our first tour tour, but all I've heard is wonderful things. I mean, the the hardest thing is just getting over there. But once you're over there, they treat musicians yeah. well, which is crazy. Not something yeah. we're used to here in the states, but they feed you and put you up and <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. They were they like appreciation for the artist. Yeah. They're like, we've got a van for you. You just get in and you drive around Europe, and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool, <laughs> perfect, sweet. You play with fire. Were you going to play with Fire Saga? Oh my god! If only. If only. Did you cover Ya Ya Ding Dong? Oh my God, that's huge in Iceland. <laughs> we could, I mean, well, you know, invent our own language and start making ambient noise rock. Like, it'd be great. We'd fit right in. <laughs> I think that's all you're allowed to do in Iceland, actually, I believe. Well, it's, um, the words are hard enough to pronounce anyway, so they're just making them up as they go. So, yeah. You just kind of moan with the wind. That's what you do. You just Don't moan get on with the Iceland wind. Right and, now. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's that's half this podcast, man, is yeah, we talk about Neil Young and we just shit all over Iceland. Make it yeah. Iceland. That's what they get for tricking everybody for all these years. Yeah. So speaking of that, the podcast and shit, uh, for people who don't know, Griffin is in the band Ghost of Paul Revere. Has anyone checked if Griffin is actually a Neil Young fan? No, we have I, no idea. I just assumed because he's in a good band. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh, even I know who Neil Young is. I, I I am a Neil Young fan. Um, I'm not a diehard. Um, what? So, so like, so here's the thing: is the man has such an expansive catalog. Yes, that, he like, does. I've got my five records of his that like I love to death, and like the rest Ooh. I've dabbled, but like I still have a few ten or fifteen records to go before I've listened to all of them up to this point. I mean, the okay. last one he released was last year, right? Yeah, I mean, technically. Colorado? Colorado was his last newest one. He put out yeah. Homegrown this year, but that was recorded in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. I'm just flexing yeah, my knowledge yeah, on you, Griffin, right see, now. That's good. Awesome. It's good because that's like that's my the Neil Young that like I really adore is that Neil Young, like it's like 70 to 77. Yeah, Neil Young, yeah, like yeah. that's it's what I grew up listening to. So it's like that's that's where I gravitate towards that kind of sound that he had. So I'm gonna take a can I? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Mike. What's the top five? I mean, what are your five Neil Young records? Um, um, can I guess? Can I guess a couple of them? Yeah. After the Gold Rush. Yep. You guys are definitely an After the Gold Rush band for oh, sure. For sure. I on mean, the beach. Uh, not on the beach. Uh, Harvest. Lost Russ. Har- Harvest. I mean, I'm not gonna knock on the beach, but like, it's not in my top five. Uh, the Harvest for sure. Yep. Um, Harvest is is second. Okay. Probably. Did was After the Gold Rush your one or no? No, after the gold rush would be my fifth. Wow. Well, what we're talking okay. about after the gold rush? Can I get your thoughts on the song "Cripple Creek Ferry"? <laughs> Which I wow. think I'll just let you write. You know, it's packing peanuts to me. It's filler. Well, it, it's mean, not even there. It has. It's like a bread sandwich. Do you? Uh, this might be controversial because this is a Neil Young podcast. Like, 
how often do you feel like he does kind of put out peanut songs as you just as you just refer to them <laughs> songs that like go from like the, he has a really high peak on a record and then like there's a swoop down from another song and then there's back into something that's like really kind of legendary but like I do feel like sometimes he packs in especially in the later years he starts to pack in stuff that's like well it's great but also you know I mean well, anything for, from the 80s yeah, I mean, yeah but but correct. that's I mean those are whole albums I mean as far as just like one also every band that was good in the 70s in the 80s <laughs> it's <laughs> true um but no, the, I, as much as he has those two he i feel like he also has songs that should or could have or should be regarded with some of the the huge ones that just didn't get the recognition you know yeah. and and i think are because that's that's the and that's why this podcast is uh, so easy to do is because Neil is just so fucking all over the place. There's so much you can talk about. Well, so yeah, it's I mean, like as much as you have records. those fillers, yeah, you yeah. also have the, like you said, that sort of low swoop in there, and then you have stuff that's like hidden gems. And, yep. and uh, so. So, all right. So I, I think I pegged you as an After the Gold Rush being your number one record so what go ahead list your list your top five i'm I'm curious now um top five would be um fifth would be after the gold rush um the uh fourth is uh everybody knows this is nowhere yeah um third would be harvest moon okay second would be harvest and first would be time fades away Oh yeah! Oh, hell wow! Yeah. Nice. Cool. Okay. I loved. I loved. I I loved. That's a first. Away. That's a um, first. I had like we had like, um, gotten a buddy of mine had like, brought our kind of surge into vinyl to college, and um, we had somehow down the line heard this story that like Time Fades Away was like not supposed to be released, so Neil took it off the shelves and then like you couldn't find it anywhere it was like one of those rare records you want to find turns out that it wasn't a true story but like for some <laughs> reason we got hooked on that and like we listened to that record fucking non-stop that's so good all the time um so yeah i mean and it's it, that kind it, of that that era of of neil is like you know i've also like i mean because it carries over because i'm like a really big buffalo springfield fan and then also uh a csn fan so it's, it's mm. that period in time Sonically is what I attuned to, and mm. Harvest Moon kind of got me back into Neil after a period of time. Yeah, I think, I think that you, you, a lot of people. Yeah, came out all the people that he lost during all those experiments in the eighties. Yeah, you know, they kind of came back a little with freedom. You know, right. they not have ragged glory hands, but the people, you know, like we said, we said about Harvest, it's like all everybody who's like not a Neil Young fan, that's the one Neil Young album they probably have. Yeah. And I'm sure Harvest Moon brought a lot of those people back. Oh, this is the Neil Young we know. Oh, he's still alive. Oh. You know, he's still making yeah. records. He's now, Time Fades Away, I believe, and it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, but isn't that the one that he didn't like so much that he bought all his own copies of the first run of vinyl and literally redid his roof with them? Am I thinking of the right um, album there? I think that was um, that was the story I had heard about Time Fades Away, but I don't yeah. think was that's that Time that Fades one? Away. It was either that or On the Beach. I can't remember. No, it wasn't On the Beach. It wasn't On the Beach. It was that or oh, no? It was Zuma. Uh, it was the first pressing of Zuma, and he didn't like the mix, really right? No, and, no. It, I don't know. It was um, like two hundred thousand copies from the record company, and he and he uh, shingled his barn with them. I think it was Zuma, wasn't it? I'm gonna bet you no, ten man. bucks. It's time it fades away. Time fades away, or comes a time. It could have been comes a time. It wasn't comes oh, a time. No, maybe it was comes a time. I know time fades away. He told the record company to let it go out of print. 
And it was a, Time Fades Away then. Yeah, a long time he said that um, that was his least favorite album, that that should never have been released. But then later, later on, he said... Well, it was later, comes well, time. It was later, comes time. later on, he said that he, he was saying that because it reminded him of a really bad time in his life. Yeah. You know, that he had problems with his band and, and uh, you know, Danny Witten had just died. That was the tour he was supposed to be no, on. that's right. He had just died. The, so, yeah, I mean, because well, that, that's the first. His life, so. It's the, the appearance of the bridge. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's where that song yeah. is, so. Also, so, my, no, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, Time Fades Away. It was Comes a Time, because I scrolled back to our notes and I had written that down. So that was the one where he, the, the where the claim was that he had bought like two hundred thousand plus of yeah. the of them. So you know what, Russ? To, Fuck yeah. you. Okay, <laughs> if I want it to be time fades away, it's gonna be time fades away. Yeah, man, we're you know we definitely get all the facts straight on this. We are loose with facts, I believe, was <laughs> the root in that review. <laughs> That's right. It's, you guys it's got called, reviewed. We got nope. so, so many reviews. It's called Luke. It's called fake Niels. <laughs> oh, I should read. Uh, I should read. I should read uh, a couple reviews real quick. Uh, if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, we will read them. Uh, here's two new ones. This is from Horse Lords. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that uh, just Griffin? <laughs> no, no, no. That's just clearly an account shared by several people. There's an S on the end of Lords. It's true. I'm so fascinated by this. You're one of the okay. Lords. We'll have a bunch of horses, but like one iTunes account, right. guys. <laughs> Well, if, if there's swords, a fuck off. the lordship of horses, they only share one computer. I, I, I guess you're apparently not familiar with horse lore, Griffin. But it's like a real no, 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 no. It's maybe here we can get to the root of this, and I think it is because it is a bunch of horses who that's, own really want one really large go. computer because right. they have to use their hooves to type. Right, and so that's all, it. It's the really horse equivalent of the keyboard from Big. It's just that typewriter, right. and that's they just yeah. <laughs> But it's they, a bunch of horses and a horse, Robert Loggia, and then they type reviews. Return, yeah, reviews. Except they're they're typing out reviews, but the sound of it is like the Bonanza theme. <laughs> no, 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 it's time fades away. Yeah, time fades away. All right, so <laughs> horse lords, horse lords leaves us a five star review. Says a podcast as podcasts should be done, long form and not constrained by the formats of old media. This is definitely from a horse. Now that I'm reading He's, it. <laughs> This is very, very <laughs> horse language. This is definitely a horse pretending to be a human and trying to and trying sound the best. Like they got peanut butter in their lips and they're moving them around. <laughs> Five knees. Then <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Okay, he or sorry, they say, if you're into Neil, you'll be into this. Hearing their reflections on Ragged Glory brought me right back to when I first listened to that album on its release." There's also so much to be learned on the background of these recordings and Neil's history, FNM forever. Thank you, Horse Lords, every single one of you. FNM, so, yes. Griffin, is our little thing. It's, it's just fucking Neil, man. It's like our little hashtag. Nice. That, I think Mike's yeah. got one of our hats on. That could go both ways. That's like you know something amazing, like time fades away and don't be denied. And you're, at the end of the tune, you're like, fucking Neil, man. Or it could be like you're listening to Landing on Water. You're like, fucking Neil, man. <laughs> Christ! Show the show your hat, Mike. Oh yeah, this is the. It's great for the podcast, I know. But nice, yeah. Uh, one more five star review from doesn't say. This is probably the horse lords again, but they don't want to get in trouble with the horse gods. Yeah. I'm assuming it's that one rogue horse. It's like <laughs> I'm not with these dudes. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, he says, your podcast has been a true gem. The three of you have created such a fun world every week. I love Neil, and I laugh out loud every show. I can't believe how much I love Ragged Glory. A perfect jam. Been listening to Weld, getting ready. All electric live set. It's excellent. Heads up to Broken Arrow. That album has really got me getting into an old black car and going to take a ride so far to the land of suntan lotion. That so, is Broken Arrow. Is an, it's much like Ragged Glory where it's just a lot better if you're driving. I mean, it's already yeah. a great album, yeah. but if you're driving, it's, it's just perfect if you're on a highway. I'll be honest, I don't know Broken Arrow at all. So That's I'm the one he kind of made in tribute to uh, David Briggs after he passed away. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, I think that's why he called it Broken Arrow. But that's, oh, yeah. yeah, I can't wait to get to that one. So, Griff, when did you, uh, when did you first hear about Neil Young? <laughs> God, Russ, I hate your stupid <laughs> podcast. Pre, your pre-thought-out podcast question voice is so good. infuriating. That's pretty good, though. <laughs> um, so, I think the first, like, we were kind of talking about, like, har- I got into Harvest first. Mm-hmm. Um because like I started to dive into my folks' records when I was like ten ish, and cool. that was one of them. Um, and it kind of like one of those records where you put on it's kind of immediate how how much you like it. Mm. Um, so that was kind of the first thing. And then like I listened to, I mean back then it was like but yeah, because I mean um, out on the weekend right away. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's one of my favorite songs to sing. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, it's yeah, a dope we cover song. That one but too. that whole, I mean that whole record. I mean. Uh, the backing vocals on that record are uh, James Taylor yeah. and Carly Simon, right? No, uh, it's Linda Ronstadt. Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, yeah, Linda Ronstadt. Yeah. Um, James Taylor so was married to Carly Simon. Yes. Was he? Um, yep. He was, yeah. Is yeah. that what You're So Vain's about? I was going to say, that's what You're No, so vain's she wrote about. that about uh, Warren Beatty. Really? Huh. Yeah. Well, she never oh, wait, fully, wait, maybe she it was never divulged. Beatty. She never divulged who it was actually about. Oh, she did a few years ago. She said it was about Warren Beatty. Did she actually admit yeah. it finally? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's it's like what forty something years after the song was released. She finally. just hated how he played Dick Tracy. I think that was it. <laughs> just couldn't wear the trench coat. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Griff. Really no, shitty movie references in this, Griff. Just want to give you a oh. heads up. So throw some in. I am ready. <laughs> like if you got like, ready. oh yeah, and Mr. Mom. I mean Michael Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you want to throw something in like that, you know, that's fine. Throw in a Michael Keaton movie, we got to throw in multiplicity. That's always the go-to jam. You're damn right. Although we were just talking about uh, Frost as well. Oh, the last yeah. time you guys thought about that movie. I never saw it. You mean weirdly was it, was anthropomorphic Jack Frost snowman? Or was it Frost? Oh, yes. Frost, Jack Frost, right? I don't know. I don't know. Or was it Jack Frost? Frost? Yeah, it was, it was like Jack a Frost. Christmassy movie. No, that's Jack Frost yeah, yeah. was the horror movie one where the, right? No, the Michael well, Keaton. I mean, no, when was the last time you watched that Keaton movie? It's pretty bad. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And yeah, you're right. It's like a, it's like a the 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 snowman's alive and it's yeah. it's him and it's yeah. like the the animation is so fucking creepy. It's weird. It's creepy. But oh man, let me uh, see. The, um, yeah, actually, Jack great question Frost. For you guys Dude. who are Neil Young heads. Is oh yeah, sorry, we're talking about Neil Young. Right. Youngians. Yeah. Oh, it's Jack yeah. Frost. Oh, that snowman gives me just <laughs> look at the face. <laughs> <laughs> kind of looks like Luke. Shut up. It does uh, a little bit, watched, though, damn it. You guys have watched Doctor Who at all? No, but like, I might now because I just finished The Crown and um, what's his name? The, that's, Matt. They're very similar. They're like the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> they're right on par with each other. Listen. Yeah, Matt, that's right. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth is a time lord. Okay, the guy who plays Prince Philip is one of the doctors. Of yes. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, um, Matt Smith. Matt, yeah, Matt something. Smith. Matt Smith. It was like yeah. three doctors ago. 
Okay. There's, a, there's an episode. It's not a Matt Smith episode. It's a David Tennant episode. But there's an episode where there's like this like somehow in the future they're able to preserve your your body with just your skin, and it's just like a a like a strung up piece of skin with a woman's face in the middle that has to be moisturized all the time. Oh, it's yeah. just this like Jack Doctor Who. What That's the fuck? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know Doctor Who was so fucking dark. Wasn't wasn't that strung up in the same hospital as where the head of Bo was was at? <laughs> that giant head was in a jar. Um, it's and on he a, would just go. No, it's it's an episode where they're they're stuck on a uh, they're stuck on a spaceship watching the final days of Earth. Hmm. What? Um, yeah. Well, so it, I like, might have to watch Doctor Who. This sounds Doctor good. Who's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. Mike, how come you haven't it never told way us more about Doctor Who? Explain it than it is actually when you watch it, but like, pretty dope. It okay. Puts, it puts the lotion on the stretched out <laughs> skin. <laughs> Wait, so so has has Neil ever been in a movie? Oh yeah, well, yeah. Neil's he made, made a movie. He's made a couple of movies. I mean, like acted in. Yeah, yes. yeah. Human Highway. Yeah, Human Highway. You, okay. Griff, you that I, I feel like I'll I would, I'll send you my copy of it. Or something uh-huh. because you, you it's hard to find you can't find it like online. Russ got the literally the last one. I got like the last one on Amazon. I'm sure you maybe they find it online. You can find everything online. Ah, uh, dude, I don't know, man. It's yeah, tricky. You got a copy of Six Drink Samurai online. Like, oh, you know shit. how hard it was to find that movie? Ever seen that movie? No. <laughs> oh, fantastic movie about a dude traveling to. We lose the Cold War. Uh the United States is reorganized and Las, Las Vegas becomes the capital of the United States. Elvis becomes king of the country. He dies. And all of these guitarists have to travel across the West to have a rock off to become the new king of America. What and the fuck? The, one, the main character who's dressed like Buddy Holly is chased through the desert by death and his three or four guitarist horsemen. It's dope. It sounds like it would be Neil Young, a uh, Neil Young. Yeah, that sounds like that <laughs> sounds. It, so Human Highway is very similar to that. It's very trauma esque, like in its uh, conceptualization. I guess is the the word. But it's he's got all the guys from Devo in it. He's got um, Dennis Hopper plays this super coked out cook. In the whole premise is like that checks out. Doc Wells in it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just like a it's like the day before the world ends, but it's the super weird, trippy and Neil plays this kind of goofy mechanic. <laughs> it's fucking great. Yeah, it's it, right. it's it's hilarious. It's like one of the silliest movies I've ever seen. But it, it totally works. And it, it's you know, it's very eighties. It deals with the Cold War and imminent nuclear destruction, and they live around a nuclear and work and around a nuclear power plant and people are glowing and stuff like that. Um <laughs> A lot of shit about birds in it. There's a lot of stuff about birds. There's uh, there's like a hallucinatory dream sequence where he actually becomes himself, Neil Young, actually, because he calls himself Waterface. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. well worth checking out. And, and then awesome at the man. and then at the end of the movie, everyone disappears, and then you hear, "Where'd everybody go?" <laughs> That's right, Tivo's in it. Yeah. He was he acted in some other movie though too, didn't he? Who Mother's Bar? No, no, no Neil Young. Yeah, he was, he was he was in something else. He was also in that weird thing that uh, Daryl Hannah made for Netflix. Oh, what? The yeah, he was in that. What would you say, Shu? The Visitor. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I that's because he, he's that's like an album of his too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, I think yeah. it was that. He, yeah, but he's he's been in some shit. He's a weird dude. I fucking love Neil. Well, since we were talking about Doctor Who, man. 
we have a we have a theory that Neil is a time traveling vampire. Yep. That have he you just... seen? Have you seen the man recently? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, vampires age over like thousands of years. Right. Exactly. He's probably been a, around that long. Maybe I'm looking at different pictures of Neil than you guys. No, no, no. No, he's no just you're been, just he's been around longer than you think. That's <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. And he can bounce around through time, so he just kind of pops back whenever he wants. Cool. Yeah. But I mean, how else can can you explain such a massive catalog that's still like between Harvest and Harvest Moon? There's like 35 years, and they're still just as good as each other. And even Colorado that he put out last year is fucking great. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, yeah. How do you think he knew so much about Cortez, Griff? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Fair. He lived among the Incans. Just read true. a book. That's true. <laughs> There's no other explanation for that yeah. song. Yeah. Oh, there. there you no, know, there wouldn't have been any other written history about a white Canadian man living with a bunch of Aztec people or a yeah. bunch of Incan Once people in Mexico. Exactly. Right. Speaking yeah. of that, we have a few questions for you. You oh. wrote the Ballad of the Twentieth of Maine. How oh, did you yeah. know about that shit? That took place. Couple hundred years ago, as well. Oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goddamn. See, oh, busted me. I wasn't supposed to tell anybody. <laughs> Time's a flat circle, man. You can just bop wherever you want to go. So it goes. It's all happening instantaneously and for we, Okay, we, we only make a one true detective reference per episode so that you got one. That's it. it. Oh, okay. Nice. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, also, so, just, I mean, you're, no you're one would like... see it. It could be just a reference for us, but every once in a while I could just stare off confused as a reference to season two. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're fine. Well, congrats, man. You were part of uh, of, of state history in Maine. Yeah. Which yeah, is pretty, pretty cool. That's pretty fucking yeah, awesome. That's awesome. It's yeah. A, it's a weird thing. I, you know, we didn't like, uh, it was awesome because like a, a couple fans decided to put it forward and like then to be a part of that whole process and have it be voted unanimously in uh, is a great honor. It's really rad. Um, and also like to, to know that like the couple years of, of research that went into that song, like paid off because they you know the state had it checked by the state historian and it's like oh wow cool i passed great it's fucking cool yeah yeah because i mean the whole point the whole point of writing that song was like a um kind of throwing it back in the face of uh steve earl and um the and del mccurry um because they have a song about the 20th maine but the whole thing is exceedingly fictional like none of it's real okay it's all fake and i was like this is too good of a story not to actually tell the story itself. Yeah. You can't like, I mean, it's just like picking an event in history and just being like, well, I'm going to make up my own story. Yeah. No, I mean, I had no idea about the Steve Earl thing. I have to look that up, but uh... yeah, they wrote the song together. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Give me one second. But um, yeah, it's what, well, I mean, there's a couple of those. I always, I just always like, I'm a big, it's, almost, buff, it's so. also what Quentin Tarantino does with his films. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah. Nazi hey, killing um, fantasies, which is nothing wrong with that. I enjoy. No. I'm a big Tarantino fan, so he can do whatever he wants. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's great that you know some Maine guys brought it back to Maine. Yeah, um, hell yeah, you know, right? Because that is a, that is an amazing story at what they did at Gettysburg and stuff like that. And I'm sure they were just. I think that um, that's important because you got. I mean, you got people like Robbie Robertson, who. Oh, here we go. You know, was writing songs about American culture, you know, as a Canadian guy. You yeah, know. and he stole it all from Levon. He didn't steal it all from Levon. And then didn't yeah. give Levon any of the fucking writing credits. Yeah. <laughs> you have these, you know, and like you said, Steve Earle, like some, you know, Steve Earle's great, but, you know, what does he know about living in Maine and the people of Maine and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. 
I've heard some. Oh, well, like, hey, what is, what is fucking... about tours through here? But oh, really? yeah, it's one of those things. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's just like, I mean, if he's if he's anything like Justin was, like, it's um, insanity follows that train for sure. I mean, mm. it's, you know. Did you ever play with? Play. Did you ever play with Justin? I feel like you guys would be in the same circle. I we you know we never toured together, um, but I knew Justin. I met Justin for the first time in at Hardly Strictly uh, in San Francisco. Okay. Um, and he just happened to be outside, and we like ended up having like a weird curbside party session before he got in a plane to fly to Australia. And then oh, wow. we, last time I saw him, we did um, we were on the Kayamo cruise together. Um, oh, nice! A ton of time together on that boat, which was which was great, and have have a bunch of really great memories from that. I mean, is that the one with Dawes and? Uh... Yep, Dawes was on that boat, and so was uh, the Wood Brothers, and uh, Emmy Lou was the was probably the biggest name. Oh, that's right. I think um, I saw you guys the night before. You were at the Paradise the night that, before. Oh yeah, so we yeah we got we got done that three week tour, <laughs> played that sold out show at Paradise, went to the bar, got on a plane, hammered. <laughs> Were was hungover in in Tampa Bay as soon as or it, as soon as we landed, got on a cruise ship like run, ran, got in a cab, ran onto this cruise ship, and then immediately ran on stage, dropped our bags, and started playing because we were the first band to play on that. Wow, boat. it was it was an intense week. That's for oh, that's, sure. But were you done after that one show? Oh no, we had three okay. more shows. Okay, I was gonna say because that'd be pretty fucking sweet. <laughs> yeah, it would have been it would have been awesome. No, we had a couple more shows, but. Um, because everybody played a bunch, but it was like we, you know, we had a bunch of friends that went on that that cruise. So like, it, it turned out to be a great time. Darling Side was there, and nice. Um, Brady I, I'm, was there a, I'm amazed by that because I only thought like '80s hair metal bands had cruises. <laughs> no, you oh, know, no. Like, or they Kiss, do. Like the Kiss cruise, you'd be you know. surprised how many artists have their own cruises, which kind of blew my mind. Like Kesha has her own cruise. Mm. I would, I would go to that cruise every year. <laughs> really, Luke? Sold out every Fuck yeah, year. I would. <laughs> Dude, Kesha rules, man. That's there were like fifty been... bands on that on that folk cruise. It's like wow. one act. Like, what do they do? Are they singing all day? No, clearly not. So I guess actually that's not that bad. You just like get drunk on a cruise ship all day and like maybe stop off in Jama- Jamaica and Mexico and then like see a Kesha show <laughs> for no, like the... six thousand dollars. Um, Griffin, let's can we talk about Ghostland real quick? I, we we will talk about Neil. People listening, I promise you've you. But, talk, uh, we've talked about Neil. Fucking <laughs> relax. We've already talked about him. Um, yes. So Ghostland is a huge festival in Portland that you guys put on. It started off, you know, fairly small when well, as you guys are coming up, and it's just blown up into this monster thing that takes place over a few days at Thompson's Point. Um, so last year. Um, your lineup had me super excited. And then like everyone else, I saw you guys doing that thing where you're like, okay, we're going to postpone it. We're going to push it back. And then it's like, now nah, we can't do it. Yeah. No one got Our, their shit together. Yeah. And now, so 2021, I mean, not just Ghostland, but what, how are you guys planning 2021? Are you tentatively planning anything? Is, or are you, is that such a thing? Is there a, th- you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, our, our, um, our booking team is like hard at work at that kind of thing where it's like the, it's still so uncertain. I mean, we're hoping summer. I mean, at least we know we can do um, outdoor shows ish. Yes, you know? ish. Um, yeah, because we did about you know after the pandemic started, we did about uh, fifteen shows out in public. Yeah, that was um, roughly around what we did, something like that. Was like, yeah. um, and stuff. we were really, really worried about them being safe. Um, 
and how they were handled. So like, you know, we, but we knew that we now know that that's possible. So hopefully once the weather warms up, we can start doing outdoor shows again. But right now it's kind of like we keep booking shows and just like they keep getting rescheduled yeah. and moved. And I mean, that's it. That's the only thing you can do. I mean, and Ghostland is, is similar fate. We're like, we're, we're hoping. Like, you're hope you, po- positively like cautiously optimistic for it for for this year you think or yeah. okay yeah. nice i mean yeah man yeah you, you, we have to be because otherwise you know we'll hopefully yeah. we can get this if it, like something happens we hopefully we get the same lineup you know yeah um, i just feel bad for these for 2021 so um, right yeah i'm super because i'm yeah i'm super excited about it. Yeah, uh, I I just I feel bad for all these venues too, man. Especially up in Portland, where you guys are from, they're just mm-hmm. getting decimated by this shit, and it's I don't know. Yeah, yeah. State state theaters getting hit hard. I mean, Port City already closed down, and and is that permanent Port City? Because that really sucks. Tough to say. I I mean, it's the um, I hope it's not. I hope yeah. it's not. But at the same time, it's like I'm sure it's not for the. It doesn't make sense for them to keep paying rent on that building. Right. Um, right if there's no way for them to make an income. And then it also like for the uh, owner of that, it's like, it's a lot to pay in taxes to be in the middle of downtown Portland to have nothing coming in your, like nothing coming in. So yeah, um, it's tough to say. I hope that it's still around. I would imagine if Port City is like, it disappears to a bygone age and like, you know, the state theater crew will be back with something really impressive again. Yeah. Um, there's no question about it, but right. And then it's 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 so scary because then I mean that's just Portland, Maine, and then you think about every city in the fucking country and in the world, and it's just oh man, like just seeing like places like Boot and Saddle in Philadelphia and Hodie's in Fort Collins and like all these these venues that we you know, the 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 scary thing about it is that like the the ones that are being hit hardest and the ones that like are dropping off are like our level of venue, you know that the. the the 200 to 700 seat venue like right that, that where we play all over the country like those are the ones that are struggling like the little mom and pop you know that seat 25 people they seem to be surviving and then the really big ones have you know are subsidized and have a lot of support and you know if they're owned by live nation they have more money than god so right. they'll be around for you know continually but it's that middle ground of the people who like started a venue because they really care about music and like it's just them and it's like they're the ones that are fallen by the wayside and it's such a bummer man to watch yeah which is my favorite kind of venue i think i think i've i've been to like two or three like stadium shows and it it's fine but i like that 200 to 700 crowd like oh segueing back to neil mike that fucking uh thing you sent us that's coming out that he's putting out uh live was it down at the rust bucket oh Oh, way down in the rust bucket yeah Yeah. Yeah, holy shit yeah, that was from a, a club show they did to warm up for the Ragged Glory tour. I in the know. in the '90s, yeah. Neil doing a club show. Yeah, is so fucking cool to me. Yeah. I don't he know. He strikes me as the kind of dude who would just like roll up in his electric fucking pickup truck and like <laughs> with a tiny little like you know ten watt amp in the back of his car and just start playing tunes for people like next to a taco shack somewhere. So like, when I was in, uh, <clears throat> I, my friend used to live in the Redwoods because his his dad like. Uh, managed a camp in the redwoods like in, uh, around san francisco yep and there was this and it was kind of near where neil lived or has a house and there was this like little um up on the hill on this mountain there was this little restaurant sort of like an alice's restaurant type. i think it might have even been called alice's restaurant type of thing just yeah. like a small mom and pop sort of 
thing. And they said that every once in a while, Neil would just show up with a guitar. And if you were lucky enough, he'd just play a quick set. And I was like, I would, I would be like, can we go there? Like every night, I was like, can we go <laughs> I live there, there please. <laughs> but never, it never happened. Uh, it's like the, the equivalent of going to the comedy cellar, and you know, Chris Rock right. just pops in or some shit like that. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, Luke, you should be excited about that album coming out because there's a live version of T Bone on there. I saw that. I'm very yeah. excited. Hopefully, it's not like 20 minutes. Hopefully, it's 25 minutes. You fucking oh, idiot. Jesus Christ. Why do you hate that song? It's a great song. It. it just shouldn't be like nine minutes long. It should be three and a half, four That's minutes. That's right. A song should have three minutes of music, two and a half minutes of lyrics, three and a half minutes of no. a jam, no. and then possibly a bridge. No, because after four minutes, you're just like, okay, I get it. No, it's the music, man. It's a great fucking no song. Tone. You know, no, you're it, crazy. It, yeah, I'm crazy. You're yeah. also, you're a fish fan. You you're love fish. Bad. Yeah. You know what? Their jams are pretty good and they sound great. <laughs> There's a difference you between think, those jams. You think T-Bone sounds bad? You're cra- you're a crazy yeah, person. That album's poorly mixed, man. It's, a lot of his great guitar playing gets lost in the mix. So Griffin, you know? tell us about uh, <laughs> <laughs> tell us about Conan. <laughs> the movie? I have yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's the best. How did that talk about? How was how was that experience with Conan O'Brien? Uh, terrifying. I think is the best way to put it for sure. It's um. <laughs> I mean, it's also really great. I will say their whole team and and uh, him in particular were super nice um, to us and very welcoming to us. And, and um, it, of course, was uh, just very nerve-wracking because they, you know, we found out. And I don't, it's like, I don't know what anyone else has experienced with it, but we found out we were going to be on Conan a week before we were playing on it. So, like, in a week we had to rehearse and we had to figure out how we were going to afford plane tickets to L.A. because it's just like, get out here. Oh, like wait, they don't the show. fly you out there? I don't know. Nope. What a jip. I mean, you I'm, sure they, the fly, fly I'm sure they fly people. other people out there, but like a folk band from Maine, they're just, I mean, we were lucky oh, to get just, the chance. Like, well, I'm just like, you know, they want you to be on the show. They should pay for the transportation. Yeah. 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 Well, they unfortunately did not. They, uh, <laughs> but we, uh, um, oh, so you have to. You only have that much time to. You got all that other shit going on, and then you don't have time to mentally like. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I laid on. I laid on the floor for like three hours and stared at the ceiling after I got the phone call, and I was just like, I what? I don't know what we're gonna do. Especially because you know, for the first three days of that, we flew out on Monday. I found out on Wednesday we flew out on Monday. So the first three days of that period, um, we thought we were gonna be playing Wild Child because that's the song they asked for. Oh, um, oh! They, they asked wa- for a specific song. In our case, they did. They huh. were like, you know, they'd heard the record, and then they were like, Conan wants to hear this song. It's like, cool. Um, however, it is like solidly, even if we're rushing a, a just under five minute tune. Yeah, like long and it's got a lot of whoa, 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 you know, modern folky things. But the <laughs> the uh, um, we so we had to figure. They were like, you can't go over four minutes. So mm-hmm. figure out how to make it under four minutes and we were like uh, okay so we tried and it was like we we literally got back to him and you're we like hey we cannot make this under four minutes Whoa, this is yeah. the song that's on the radio right now montreal we'd like to play this one they were like cool totally oh Let's sweet so so we yeah so we go out there and it's like you mm. have you get to the studio you get to the the lot at at 8 a.m and then you like sound check and then you run video from 9 till like 11 30 so they just like you run the song a shit ton of times and they get all the, the audio levels good and then they practice their camera moves for the whole song. And then it's, uh, you just uh, wait 
until you Ugh. go live at like 5:30 in the afternoon. Um and like it's just like 2 minutes to air, get behind the curtain with 5 seconds to go and you just walk out, plug in, they say your name and then you just go and you've got to <laughs> nail it, you know. Uh, right. You have ways to like fix it if you don't. I think I think that's you know, if if the um, I think if you really mess up, they can use the some of the video they were taking to practice earlier and the audio they're using to practice earlier. I'm sure, yeah. But uh, in our case, luckily, we didn't have to. So oh, you guys did great, yeah. And then I realized how tall that man is as oh, well. Yeah. I was just stand next to you. It's like there's a picture. There's a picture from that from that night on my mom's fridge of Conan with his hand on my shoulder, uh, and it's I look like a dwarf. I literally look. Like, I'm six feet tall. And I look like a dwarf. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who else was on the show that night? Uh, it was, oh man, who the hell? Oh, DJ Khaled was the first guest. Oh my Sweet. god, oh, dude! And he rolled in and like he he rolled in a in a uh, I can't remember what it was some outrageous sports car that his crew was in, in slippers, like walking around in <laughs> slippers, and I would be like. Oh, who is this person that walks about in public in slippers? Good Lord. Uh, and the other one was uh, Natasha Legero, Legero oh, yeah. um, who was legitimately very nice. And she was also like exceedingly pregnant. Um, but uh, yeah, it was super nice. But nice. it was, you know. And you, so um, you didn't have that much interaction time with Conan, just kind of brief here. Yeah. No, I mean, brief. Talked a little bit after the show um, and talked like a couple things before the show, but not a whole lot. I mean, I talked more with the band, I think. Yeah. Um, my f- first interaction with Conan was I was outside in the, during the waiting period, smoking a cigarette in like the, like the only two feet of shade I could find in the entire Warner brothers lot, um, <laughs> like beating sun. And I'm like in this little shadow fucking square, just chugging a cigarette. And then and it like, turns out that shadow was Conan standing <laughs> over you. Just a wave of his hair in front of the sun. The, uh, no, and I see him come down the alley and he's like in a leather jacket and like slacks and got aviators on and like <laughs> walks close. And I just like give him like the new England, like nod smoke. And he's like, just look, he looks at me and looks at like the situation and just goes, I get it, and just points to his hair and walks away. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. He knows he's from Boston. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Although he's wearing a, he's too much from California now. If he's wearing a leather jacket and well, yeah, it was like yeah. I guess it was January, so maybe that's fine. Did, I'm, you, did you notice like a I don't know any kind of bump? I'm I'm not talking specifically specifically in sales, but after playing like you know, in Conan's pants, shows, or did you get more calling for you or anything like that? Wasn't a medical exam. Uh, the uh... <laughs> there's a lump on your neck <laughs> after you played. That's a common thing with his guests. Yeah, that's I've heard. I've heard lawsuits <laughs> aplenty. Um, you know what? I to be totally frank, I didn't at all. Okay. I will say that um, what we did see was like um, an increase in ticket sales kind of across the board, not immediately, but in the, the like six months to follow. Nice. Well, like social media, like a, a bump there. No, not wow. none. I mean, that's interesting. Um, I don't even think it's our most viewed uh, video on YouTube. That's um, wild. Yeah. I'm just wondering about the ROI on paying for your own goddamn plane ticket. <laughs> Gosh, you're still on this. I, <laughs> I think that's fair. You want to be? We want you on the show. Okay. Well, how are you going to get us there? You know, I, I am a musician who writes my own music. I, ROI has never factored into anything I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, <about writing. laughs> it's literally non-existent. If I did that, I would never have done any of this. There's no way. Yeah. I'm still trembling hearing you talk about that that waiting period. 
They they call me everyone in town meeting calls me Pacey Lukey because uh, <laughs> prob- that doesn't even rhyme or make any sense. I know guys. they're bad at nicknames, but it's, cause, <laughs> it's because think, I'm pretty sure you're the one who called yourself that. Oh, you <laughs> All right, I'm bad at nicknames. No, I didn't. You guys yes, did. You because, did. You yeah. definitely did. No, I Why didn't. not go with something like uncool hand Luke? <laughs> <You did. laughs> pretty fly for a Wi-Fi. <laughs> or, Luke, or Luke Pace Walker. Come on. Yeah. Any, listen, anyway, well, I mean, I I just get nervous before certain shows, and I just what was it? What was the one you were? It was Sturgill that I got fucking Sturgill pacing everywhere. Fuck out! And but we had never even, done a show of like that the, size uh, before, and I think even the was it? Um, any three, show? Three, I think Three Dog Night. You were that was that one. Yeah, because it's like, fucking Three Dog Night, man. It's just yeah. what I don't know. Why. You guys just sit there. It's weird to me. You guys open for Three Dog Night? Yeah, we didn't tell you that. No. I'm yeah, trying to think of a good three dog night pun, but I'm, I'm is that is that the is, is that the group with the guy who had so much sex his penis split down the middle? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. that's Russ. Oh, that's right. You just did surgery on that, right, Russ? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know, Mike. We yeah, didn't no, we didn't was, bring that up. Yes, it was. It was. Okay. It was. I knew that story. And no, they were awesome, Mike. They were. Yeah, they were great. The guys are like wow. in their. Uh, they're almost like eighty. They're like in their seventies, and they still sing like so still beautifully. Good. Yeah, they're they're incredible. That's cool. It was really cool. They were super nice to us too. It's also weird to be around a professional band. <laughs> I mean, we're around a lot of them, but like, like they're doing vocal warm ups, and we're like, yeah, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. We should do that one of these <laughs> they're days. Doing, they're doing vocal vocal warm ups, and we're fucking pounding down like the Alfredo pasta and chugging whiskeys and shit, like whiskeys and cokes, and they're like, and like, is this food free? Sounds great, guys. Oh, oh no, we all took we all took chicken alfredo to go from that show because it was at Saul's. it was at the blue ocean music hall and they you cater know, being an opener nice. sometimes where you're just like doesn't matter yep. yeah. being a character actor you're just like i got it i'm cool yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever i want to do one of our last shows in maine was uh that flannel jam thing and uh ballroom thieves were there and mm. you know it, it was the trampled by turtles was headlining yep. and so every band back in the, uh, the backstage area had their own little green room with their own snacks and I remember thinking, like, uh, like I, I want to just fill my backpack with all of these tortilla chips and hummus things, but I don't know if that's, like, good etiquette. I don't want to burn a bridge. And then I look over, and Devin's just shoving all the shit into his yeah. backpack, and I'm like, okay, so we're good to go for this. <laughs> yeah, we call, it, we call it green room grocery shopping. <laughs> yeah. It's like – and I think it's, like – the the more drunk you can be and like the more awkward you can make it like if you can just like get all of it pack everything into the van and then the last thing you do in a venue is like go running out of the venue with an <laughs> armful of snacks that you've gotten from the green room like a coffee you didn't make like whatever yep. doesn't yeah. matter what everything literally sugar packets you just t- it's free we're taking yeah. it yeah. it's like oh, dude i always, they got it all for you yeah. and yeah. it's make it a game for yourself my car is all always I I always end up with like at least two fucking full packs of water, water bottles. You know what I mean? Because we're not getting paid for the fucking show anyway. So always take the water. (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking the water. I will drink this fucking water. (laughs) Yeah, that makes me feel better. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's every band. I hope that like I mean I'm sure that bands that are doing really well don't do that shit. But like I don't know. As also you hear about the like the rider stories, and I actually would love to see Neil Young's rider. Oh man! Uh, because I, there are some crazy riders out there from people you don't expect, but like, I wonder what it is. It's birds. <laughs> I just it's want like, a lot of birds, and I want a, and a, and I want a Lionel train set. 
Yeah, I want a full train set. That I looks want a full like fucking food. train set, and I yep. want organic cherries. Okay, I don't want any of that fucking GMO shit. <laughs> if I see anything that even fucking reeks of Monsanto, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking. I'll show you some fucking horse lords. I'll have fucking <laughs> horse lords in here quicker than you quicker than you can say fucking David Briggs. Just bag tagging on your biggest fan. Five star review. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, excuse me, of, biggest fans. There's multiple. Yeah, fans. Yeah. I said fans. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of bands um, would put uh, socks on their rider. Yep. Socks, because, white t-shirts. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's like yeah. practical stuff, you know. And it's like yeah. the less laundry you got to do. If there's not a better sign of like these guys need help to survive, it's like <laughs> to a venue. It's like, oh, maybe we could pay them a little more. They're yeah. like, yo, we just need socks. Yeah. Like, I don't care about food today. I just need socks, please. I um when I I first moved to Richmond, Virginia, I got a a part time job with a venue down there. It used to be called the Mosque. I think it's called the Norva now. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, it's a beautiful like old in, like opera in Richmond? hall. Richmond. Yeah, Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the Black Crows were playing, and I was part of just the the general you know production crew, and we had to set up the their room, and they ordered it seemed like thousands of dollars worth of sushi. Like these big trays of sushi. I mean, beautiful big trays of sushi. And then there were cases of Jack Daniels and Red Stripe beer. And so we set it all up in there. We left. We get to watch the show from the orchestra pit. It was really cool. We went backstage to uh, clean up and everything. The whiskey was gone. The beer was gone. The plastic was still over the food. They didn't touch any of the food. That sounds like they left. They left giant fucking roaches everywhere. So we basically got fucking high and ate a ton of sh- sushi that night. It was fucking awesome. <laughs> Sounds great. It was the best. But, I, didn't, I didn't realize that's what you meant when you meant roaches. Because I oh, guess maybe my, my, <laughs> nor- my normal thought is a roach is not nearly that big. I mean, that's a, that's a joint. That's a full-on joint is what you just right. pantomimed. No, these are huge, man. Roach. Not in Richmond. Yeah, apparently. It's the Black Crows, man. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah we, we, uh, the Norvis Cool Venue, we've done it with... Uh, who were there with last? Uh, the Dusters, I think. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it's a nice room. Yeah, it's it's um the the orchestra the symphony orchestra will play there sometimes and stuff. Yeah. It's a beautiful place. I tried looking up what's what does Neil ask for in his rider, and it's just giving me a bunch of sad stories about how Neil Peart loved motorcycles. Sorry, oh, Mike. Stop. You're gonna make me cry. Sorry, bud. We should start to wind this down a little bit. Rush podcast. Holy God! I wouldn't have stopped. Hold on. What was that, Griff? I said, if this was a Rush podcast, I would. Oh my God, dude! Let's talk Rush. About Rush. Fuck these guys. Hey, I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk I'll different talk podcast. I'll talk you gotta start Neil. a Rush podcast. I'll talk other Neil. I'll talk yes. other Neil. One of my favorites, man. I would. I wouldn't yeah, be doing what I do if it wasn't for him. For sure. I am a big, big Rush fan for sure. It was like that. Yeah. Great period in high school where it was like all of a sudden I realized Rush existed. And it was like Rush and Dream Theater. I all felt like the same time. I was just like, "Take me there. I'm into it." I had a I have a symbol signed by Mike Portnoy. Do you? wow, yeah, nice. Yeah. That's awesome. That you know, I'm thinking like you know, uh, like folk bands, Americana bands, roots bands, whatever. And oh yeah, I don't think of them being like guys who are into Russian dream theater. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, I think that we're uh, like at least for I can from our oh, and the other bands. I mean, like. Even Dar- the dudes in Darling side, like I think that we all have pretty eclectic tastes. When we just happen to start playing this type of music, you know, 
then. Yeah. I, yeah. I wasn't raised on, I mean, uh, certainly my dad was super into James Taylor and he was su super into Joni and Carly Simon and uh, like uh, Cat Stevens and like that kind of stuff. So that was around the house a lot. My mom was a big Bonnie Raitt uh, person, but the, uh, I, I grew up listening to like my formative years of like really diving into music, like besides the Beatles and Elvis, which is like, that's just forever. Cause you get tuned into them when you're little and then it's like, they just live with you forever. But like, mm. I heard dark side of the moon and kind of like exploded my mind at seven years old. And like, just like all of a sudden it was like Floyd and Zeppelin. And then it was the stones and then it was the faces. And then like, mm. I got into started to get into metal and then it was like, Black Sabbath and Ozzy were like my introduction to like metal. And then it was all of a sudden then I was into progressive rock and like, so I, I actually come from like more of like, uh, I think when I started playing guitar, I think I wanted to be more in that realm, really loud, really fast, that kind of stuff. And, and I just ended up, um, being much more comfortable on an acoustic guitar than I ever was an electric guitar. And it just like, and being more interested in writing music instead of playing music, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. I never like I never was attracted to the like wanting to run scales all day so I could be like a super shredder like that doesn't seem any fun to me but like writing songs is what's really exciting so yeah well, it comes from me, a different place if, so what was it an artist was it a song like or a moment that kind of steered you in the direction you're at now and, and making the music you make right now was there like an artist who said well oh okay this this is something I could probably really get into and I want to do this. Yeah, um, there were a couple. Um, I think that, like, I started to get into kind of uh, acoustic. I started to get into bluegrass, um, the bluegrass word with, with a record um, that the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band did uh, called uh, Will the Circle Be Unbroken. It's like a big compilation mm -hmm. record of, like, a lot of the bluegrass, like, generals, like, you know, the best, the best people in bluegrass at the time. And they did it to kind of save bluegrass because it was dying out. And that record was in my parents' vinyl collection. It was like, I put it on and was like, what is this? And just kind of became obsessed with it. And then I heard, Gesundheit, I heard a Modest Thank Mouse, uh, this band, this uh, bluegrass band, uh, Iron Horse, I think they're called Iron Horse, uh, used to do like cover records of full bands. They did a Modest Mouse record. And that one blew <laughs> oh, my mind. Yeah. It was like the I first time, like, you're talking about. Yeah. it's so good. And it's like also the first time I kind of really started to, appreciate modest mouse because i never really had um everything before good news for people who have bad news but um yeah it was that but i saw a band i was kind of already going in that direction but i saw a band in college play in a really small room and they were from pennsylvania they were uh this band called hoots and hellmouth yeah just like very similar to how we and we've played with sean before but like we kind of went um, I think that that kind of pushed how I was writing songs into that realm a lot more because there's a lot of similarities yeah, between that makes a lot of sense. I, lo I, I love Hoots and Hellmouth. They do, what's that song? Why Would You Not Want to Go There? Is mm -hmm. that the name of that song? God, that they're, they're fucking great, man. Dude, my favorite, and you can't really find it anywhere, but the uh, said last time I checked it was on Spotify, but uh, the uh, um, he has a song that was on the, the original Hoots and Hellmouth demo CD which I cannot find anymore. And like mm. my, the computer with it on that iTunes is like, just, you know, died 10 years ago. So, uh, but they have a song called Asleep on the couch, which is like one of my favorite songs of all time. And now like I can only find like shitty YouTube recordings oh, okay. of it. And it just breaks my heart. It's like, Oh, it's such a good song, but wow. they're yeah. Powerful vocal driven acoustic group from, from Philly. Yeah, no, yeah. they're great. And so 
so, some of the stuff you were saying made me think of this. I think one of the reasons I, I really appreciate you guys in, and have been for a while, and this is another thing I, I like about Neil, is, I mean, when y'all started, you were, I mean, like a three or four piece, no percussion, very acoustic, and you've, on your own terms, not by any, like, pressure from anyone else you were like i think now we want to do this kind of a record now you got a, a full drummer and yeah. like a, a full band set up and uh, we've we've gone through a similar change russ went from a cajon to a full kit and it wasn't really based on anything except this is the record that we wanted to make and i feel yeah. like neil he's obviously a musical inspiration for us but i think his personality and when he talks about I, I could never decide between being like a solo acoustic act and just fucking wailing on an electric yeah. guitar. So I did both. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I think I really appreciate that about you guys. Have you gotten any blowback since you've gotten like, since you've incorporated a full band or have people well, been pretty, you know, I'm, every once in a while, this new record, there was like maybe a couple people who are just like, sounds like you guys are forgetting who you are. Like that kind of, that kind of nonsense. And it's like, right. no, we're just, you know, we don't have to we're not placating to anyone to like get on the radio because radio doesn't really exist anymore it's like we what we're just making right. records that we feel we're doing we're, everything's in service to the song itself and it's mm-hmm. not really about right anything else and i and anytime you make any type of change there's always going to be some some people out there they're like mm-hmm. like when we originally um you know moved away from harmonica and people were like and then we add we had Ben join the band for a little I fuck, bit. Yeah, Ben is so good. He's playing piano and accordion. He's so yeah. good. And like we had people be like, that's eh, okay, but I really miss that harmonica. And then Ben <laughs> decided to go back on tour as a solo act. We brought Jackson in to play harmonica. And they're like, yeah, but that Ben Cosgrove was really good. And <laughs> yes, you're just like, exactly. At the end of the day, you just got to be like, you know what? I don't care what you think. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You guys yeah. like what we did. It, you know, it's it, you have, just have to remember that like people like the music you make especially in the beginning because you weren't kind of beholden to anything exactly else. yeah and, and and i totally uh resonate with what you say uh, said about being you know being really drawn to the the writing side of things but i've also sensed from you and have been inspired by you on stage from your presence and your passion when you're on stage and that sort of liveness and that and i know like you said you're you're you don't you're not you don't want to necessarily you said you're more into the writing but i've also seen you play where i think you hold the two worlds really well and and i i feel that's the type of people you're one of the bands that we love to play with the most i think because of that reason there's other bands too where we we love playing with other bands like that you know and you're definitely one of those bands who I am inspired by in that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Thank you. I mean, and I'd like, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. It's like, I, I, those fucking assholes who'd like, you watch them play a song on stage and it's like, it's, it looks like it's taking all of their yeah, yeah. energy to like play, you know, one chord. And you're like, yeah. it's not hard to play a fucking C chord. Like what, why are you exasperated right now? It's right. like, why don't you actually get worked up and be, I, you know, uh, I, I think that um, yeah, playing has always been a part, of, a big part of it for me. Um, not that I wanted to be like a technically good player, but I understand I wanted, what I you mean. Have yeah. the, like vocabulary to express what I want to express, and I think right. that playing hard and playing fast, and also like just being in the moment. If I if I like don't leave stage with like a horse 
voice and like covered in sweat and or like, horse lord bleeding. lord voice or, uh, <laughs> or lords a horse lord voice yes. um the uh you know I, I feel like i uh i feel like i didn't give enough to the audience every time it's like yeah and it's kind of the, it's yeah. also too it 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 one hand washes the other you need one thing to have the other thing you know you you don't get that um that energy and that passion and that sweaty playing fun without taking care to write a good song to write songs that are fun to play that are um not that they all have to be fun and fast or whatever but even this even the songs that aren't necessarily as fast or fun you can still play them with wait wait wait, russ which songs of ghost paul revere aren't fun can you please tell us right now they're they're all fun but (laughs) but you know know what i mean whatever i don't know if i agree i don't think they're all fun They're all pretty fun. I will say you guys are one of the funnest bands to see live. Uh, that Paradise show was a fucking blast, man. It was a blast. It was. Awesome. I like playing shows at the end of tours too because you're just so ragged that it's just yeah. like anything yeah. goes, and you don't yeah. have, you know, there's no nerves, there's yeah. no nothing. You could care less. And pe- I, people, people sense that. I think that's what what draws people to y'all, especially. Why am I saying y'all? Jesus, I do it all the time. Um, but Fitchburg. Uh, <laughs> Hey, Ben Cosgrove is from Fitchburg, Mike. Okay. Um, but I, th- I think part of it, too, is, I mean... M- Methuen. Is he? I, I t- he told me he was from Fitchburg, but that's when he wanted me to book him at a coffee shop here in Fitchburg. So I, I tell him it's the town of Massachusetts. It's so disgusting. You have to spit every time you say it. Methuen. <laughs> Methuen. <laughs> it's not. It's a very lovely place. Yeah, yeah, you have to say that. Uh, yeah. uh, no, but uh, I, I think part of that energy is... If you, Max, and Sean, you guys have known each other since you were in like elementary school, right? Yeah, Max and I have known each other since we were three, and Sean is right after that pre-K. Yeah. So, yeah, four or five. Yeah, I think, and I think you you kind of get that, like you you just vibe closer with those yeah. people. Like yeah, I've known same. Russ for a while now, and and, yeah, and Babe too. I've known them bit. for a little while. A little so. bit. <laughs> yeah. So it just it just helps on stage, I guess. If uh, people want to get a taste of what you guys are like live, I watched the WGBH show you did. I thought that was fantastic. And it's kind of like what Russ was talking about and what Luke was talking about where, you know, you guys, you could tell on stage that you guys, you know, have a really special chemistry, you know, like brothers. Yeah. But that's all, that's also a great performance and it's well filmed and stuff. So if people are interested, haven't heard your band before, I would, I would, if it's okay with you, I'd like to suggest people check that out. Cause that's yeah. a, that was a great show to watch. Oh, thanks. So w- when it comes to covers, I want to try to segue back to Neil real quick. You oh, guys are young podcast. I forgot. That's right. I keep forgetting it's a Neil young podcast, oh, yeah. but uh, you, you guys are fun. Like the, that brain show we played, I remember being up in the green room, room, the green room. And you guys were like, we should do a cover at the end of your, our set. And we just kind of mm-hmm. came up with some ideas and just did it. You're super yep. loose, which I think makes for a better band live. Um, I think we did a Dr. Dog song. I think we did. Yeah, we did. Um, in fact, we did it off stage. We did. Uh, oh, that's Shadow right. Yeah, oh, that Shadow was so people. fun. Yeah. Which I love um, that song. But do you guys, do you guys ever cover Neil? Have you covered Neil um, in the past? So, so you we, said you did out on the week or you sing out on the weekend, right? Uh, yeah. So I do out on the weekend solo. Usually we haven't done it as a band. Um, I wish we would. Cause the, like the originally like started playing that song. Cause the, uh, the guys in last rebel used to play it. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, we do. The only one we do is Ohio. Oh, um, nice. So that's, and we've been playing it a lot this year. 
I don't think I've seen you do Ohio. Is there a recording of that that I'm just not familiar with? Is that not sure? I feel like that might even be on an EP you guys put out, or maybe I'm thinking of something um, else. There's no Ohio's not. Uh, well, Bob O'Reilly is. So we did. The, I'm thinking of Bob O'Reilly. Never mind. Yeah, that Bob was a cool and cover, Nothing yeah. from Nothing. I think are the only two covers. Yeah, yeah, released. yeah. Yeah, but um, the uh, yeah, the um, Ohio. There might be something from this year. I mean, we got um, we were having a lot of fun, uh, especially when all the shit kind of started in the spring of just you know changing well, the words around to incorporate. Yeah our soon-to-be former president into it, which was great. So um, <laughs> much to rousing applause. Who, who would have known? But, um, <laughs> yeah. Did you guys – Griff, do you, we've, we've lost a, quite a bit of fans. Have you guys encountered any of that? Or You have? <laughs> fuck, those people. Oh, fuck those people. First off, yeah, fuck yeah. those people. Of, like, of course, yeah. You know, maybe one or two, and you get the odd person to be like, well, they shouldn't take a political stand. And it's like, bitch, we so caucused more, yeah. for Bernie. We've never right, hit yeah. it. It's like, what are you surprised about it now? It's like, of course we're going to say Black Lives Matter. Like, of course we're going to stand yeah. towards the left of most things, you know? It's like, clearly we're, we have never hidden that fact. And yeah. we, we also like... You know, we also, for the first time this year, got asked to do a lot of, a, more than a few political caucuses and things. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we... our answer was no to everybody because it was like, we only ever did that. For, we've done it twice for Bernie, and we only would ever do it for Bernie because he's like, he. Yeah. we all cared about him and what he was doing. And it's like, fuck yeah, man. The, uh, you know, I see the I see the prohibited items on the on the back wall there. Yeah, but, it was, but like, it, I. And, Truly an individual I wanted to stand behind 110%. So did the entire band. It's the only reason why we... You guys did one political rally in Maine over the summer. And I... I did did personally. Oh, I thought thought all of Ghost did, no? I only know this because they asked us and then... They're like, oh, wait, you're not from Maine. And then they bumped, <laughs> they bumped us. I'm like, God oh, damn it. It was a pretty good payday, too. And in this year, it's like, ah, yeah. shit. Um, the only one we did was uh, – the only one the only one that any of us did was – I did one. I did uh, the Rally for Democracy, um, which was like a very small thing. Okay. Um, Maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Really, when you think about it, the Rally for Democracy, which was a, a just – it should be bigger. Yeah, you know, yeah, right. It was a drive-in event uh, in in Wiscasset, and it was. Uh, um, I mean, all those guys really mean well. But also, like, how crazy is it? I mean, I I understand that like all the promoters were definitely were were part of the Democratic Party, at least working for members of Congress that were running on Democratic platforms. But like, at the same time, to think that like a rally for the word democracy is like. <laughs> a political leaning that leans one way or the other way is how crazy this year has been. It's just, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. Oh, God. But, well, no, good riddance so we, to 2020. We haven't, yeah, we're good riddance to it. We haven't lost any fans over it. You know, uh, I we haven't really done any overtly political songs. Um, I think some of those are coming, but like, nice. Uh, you know, I. Other than that, like, I also could give a shit. Like, if, if you. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Well, know. I think, I think. Well, Ours, ours are. I mean, maybe we didn't lose a ton, but our, the ones we lost were fairly vocal about it. And it, but it's surprising because we've been playing a song called "Fuck the Man," which is very, like, obviously about Donald Trump yeah. for quite some time now. And they're like, "Why are you posting this?" Well, I don't know. Well, well no, no, I don't know. But like, how how is this song. catching you? Why, why are they? Why are we posting Black Lives Matter? Right. Yeah. Well, how are you caught? How are you caught off guard by this? We have not. Yeah, it's all. It's always surprising to me that that people are are like blown away when we say something as simple as Black Lives Matter, 
yeah. then then they're like totally like how dare you That's you wild. know and it's like a fun how world. dare you what yeah right shit? it's it's fucking insane man it's fucking uh, absolutely yeah, insane. so yeah it's it's also kind of one of those blessings in disguise where it's like well you know what expose them so that we can fucking get yeah. rid of them you know and and they're always going to be the loudest motherfuckers in a room yeah you mm-hmm. know even if there's two of them they make themselves sound it's the, like it's the like hidden them. ones though like, it's the sneaky ones that are oh, yeah. the weirdest you know where they're like really nice and they're whatever but then you know you you you, you <laughs> ah, yeah and then it's, and then yeah. they're the disappointing ones i mean we yeah. we like uh it happened only once but i mean we kicked somebody out of one of our driving shows for for refusing to wear a mask this summer it was like no way oh wow like here are the rules for being at the show wear a fucking mask stay six feet apart from people be safe so we can have a job and then so that like because if we ever heard that someone came to one of our shows and then got somebody even if they just got somebody else sick tangentially and that person died we would be heartbroken it's like we were we have to take this shit seriously so like yeah sorry but you're out it's like right piss on the wall like you get kicked out of the venue like that's all it is but then you guys went backstage and had some adrenochrome, right? You guys like were yes, yeah, yes, Ch- children's blood. <laughs> that's, that's why we I don't so drink children's blood. And, that's why we look so youthful and fit. Yeah, all the yeah, time. That's, <laughs> Wait till you try Stephen Stills' blood. Of us, you know how youthful and fit we look. <laughs> I don't know, Max. I mean, I mean. <laughs> there, there's an awesome co- on the on the. Co- I've never actually. I've never actually watched the Conan performance. Like I like I have a great memory of it, and that's all I need. Like I'm sure if I watch it, I'm gonna start. I don't think I could either if it was freak myself out. Yeah, yeah. I have dove into the comments once or twice just for fun. Why would you do that? Because it's it's fun. Oh, Uh, is it? There's a pretty pretty hysterical one about Max akin to (laughs) falling out of a coffin in the morning, but like. I think we're all doing well. I feel like we're going to come out of this pandemic and be renewed people. It's like, I hope so. I feel like the band is stronger than it's ever been because we all have not been spending time with each other. You know? Yeah. It's like, but, guys... and every other year since 2015, we've played 200 to 250 shows a year. It's like, jeez, we needed a break yeah. and we weren't going to take it ourselves. So in the, in that, in your industry, you guys spend probably, I mean, a, a lot of bands who are out there touring all the time, spend more time, with the band than with their families. Oh, easily. Yeah, you no know? question. Yeah, I mean, right. That so, yeah, that's like on stage days. That doesn't even count like driving from, you know, Seattle to Missoula. Right. So, uh, yeah, I just, the way you just put it there, I'm thinking, wow. So this like mentally, for a lot of bands to not be working together for this long, you know, some band that's been around for 20 years and they've been just doing it for yeah. the whole time, and now all of a sudden they've got six months where they're at home with their families or mm-hmm. they're just not together. That's that. I mean, how would that, I would imagine that would alter the way like the songwriting process. Yeah. I mean, I think that for us, it, it hasn't, um, we're trying to make, be more conscious about trying to write songs together, which is something we've never really done before. It's always been very individual. Um, so we're trying to be more conscious about that, but I think that there's just like a renewed, like just wanting to be together and spend time and, and kind of appreciating what it's easy to lose sight of like the really good things about being on the road with your friends and playing music with your friends and writing music with your friends. It's like, it's Mm. easy to lose that and all the bullshit, you know? Um, 
It's like, cause you know, some outside of Tuscaloosa, like somebody fucking sniped the bathroom before you could get in. Like you're still mad about it four months later. Like whatever it is, you know, stole a fry without asking. It's it doesn't matter. Like it's hey, the that's a big no no. Always break the back. Like so the uh, there are you a know, few sacred things you don't ever touch. One of them happens to be another man's fry. It really is these tiny little things that you don't realize that just build over these over like a week or two weeks. Never. The, yeah. I mean, you could get into a fist fight <laughs> and you would forget that in two days. But it's like, yeah, it's those little things. It's, it's who yeah. who picks the, the first fucking bed in an Airbnb or who fucking. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, is that stuff? We've got our guy. <laughs> it's like a marriage, isn't it? It's uh, being in a band is legitimately, unless you're in Fleetwood Mac, like being right. in a sexless marriage. That's right. what it is. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of give and take. You got to pick your battles, and yeah. they'll build up after a while. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of compromise involved. You know, yeah. with something you love or something you feel strongly about. You know, so it's it's very much like like a marriage, right? I mean, we learned pretty early on that we had to be very militaristic about how we did certain things. You know, like beds and uh like driving um that kind of stuff it's like it's all on a schedule and cycles so every so there's no opportunity for someone to like be like well you know uh i feel like i'm doing all of this it's like instead like do as much on the road as you can and like make everybody responsible for everything and like make sure everybody's accountable for it like this is the only way it works otherwise like I mean, there are so I know a bunch of bands that don't do that specifically with driving. Like, I know a couple of bands where like only one or two of the members drive, and like that blows my mind. Like, that's so exhausting. Do you guys, you guys do that? What's yeah, wrong? Per- Is it because other people are terrible drivers? Yes. We yeah. did remove well, one, one of, of our old of members. Just refused to drive. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. I know some bands like that where it's like everybody's like, I don't need but to drive. But we've gotten home. lucky because our dad like wants to do that shit, so like he'll yeah. be like, yeah, I'll drive. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Max and I are kind of that way where it's just like. Yeah. We're always down for the like, the really long drives for sure. It's like because I could drive, you know, twelve hours and then no. finally stop and be f- totally fine with it. Literally. But it does even out because like you know me and Russ we like to drive so we'll drive. But other people are useful and they'll like an equal e- equally valuable thing like finding where to buy weed when you get into certain states <laughs> that sell it. So you know it it balances mm-hmm. out. That is a literally an app on your phone. You can't that give is. one member all that responsibility or that lack of responsibility. I mean, I, I don't know if you caught the sarcasm in my tone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, we should all take a lesson from Neil, who had perfect relationships with every band he was in and never got into any any fights at all. Yeah. Can I ask, bringing it back to Neil, can I ask a very personal question, which like Ooh. I have a very strong opinion on, but I feel like it might not be most people's opinion. Okay. Um, I am a I'm a big fan of Neil Young. I'm a very big fan of Crosby, Stills, Nash. I am not a fan of CSNY. Really? I feel like I feel like those records should have been half of the record should have been released by Neil Young and half the record should have been released by Crosby, Stills, Nash. But there is never a moment on any of those records where I'm like there is the four of these dudes working in harmony together. Right. Like, and it's always either a Neil Young song or a Crosby, Stills, Nash, Nash song. Like, but Deja Vu is like a perfect example of this where like you go from, you go from like one of the most Crosby, Stills, Nash songs, Young song or Crosby, Stills, Nash isk songs ever into, I should have cut my hair, which is like just a, just a, like I, I hesitate. I mean, I hesitate to say, it cause I don't really know, but like, it doesn't feel like any of the other dudes played on that song with Neil. Like it's that that much of a departure. Well, that, that one stills. Oh, no, no, is it stills or is it Nash? 
No, that's Crosby. Is it Crosby? Crosby. Oh, yeah. Hair. Yeah. yeah. Neil actually, I think, plays on that one. But you're absolutely right, and there's a reason yeah. for that because whenever he did an album with those guys, for his songs, he did it all himself. Didn't do yeah. all the instrumentation, but he didn't want those guys around. He he was it was just him in the studio producing it himself, and it was like his own little project within that band. So that's yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, only, the only argument I would make is that his, some of his guitar work is really distinctive on some of those songs, but I, I do agree that, yeah, it, it it does seem like, okay, these are CSN songs and these are Neil songs. Yeah, you're kind of yeah. blowing my mind with this theory a little bit. And it, <laughs> but, but at the same time, I fucking love Deja Vu, and I think it's... it's an, Me too. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I listen to the right record, now. but also at the same time, I wish they were like both little records from each individual band. Yeah. And, like, and a great example is like, you know, uh, two of the members of CSN are on Time Fades Away, and they like they work perfectly on that record, but it's a Neil record. Like, yes. You know. Right. Yeah, and in thinking of my favorite CSN or and or why songs, I don't think Neil's on my favorite CSN song, which is uh, Carry On. I don't think that's a CSN why song. I think that's just CSN. And you don't yeah. miss Neil on it, but then he they, he wasn't ever supposed to be in it. What, did, didn't Stills, who literally just was in a band that Neil abandoned, say, we got to add Neil because no one can play. When you see the two of us play guitar together, you'll get why he needs to be in this band. Yeah. I've heard a couple well, of ways. I've heard that one. I've also heard, I mean, I've heard Crosby say that like he was a big part of the, like, getting Neil to join the band, but that makes a lot of sense for David Crosby to just be saying stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Crosby. yeah. yeah see, like... that's why I think that, that it was, it was more about his, his guitar playing and they were probably hoping that his, you know, his style of songwriting would seep in. But yeah. as far as like the vocals and stuff, Neil's clearly way more unique and distinct and, and not, you know what I mean? Like those oh, yeah. three guys sing, so beautifully together and then neil is neil you know and and neil's great for being neil but yeah i think what he adds is is his sort of flair of the guitar and and his his writing but again like you yeah. said shu i think he's pretty separate yeah he always come separate yeah yeah and yeah it's like it's like thinking that bob dylan was gonna the... like sink into the like vocal harmonies of the traveling wheelberries it's like oh no <laughs> okay. oh, no, no, no no you always hear bob there's no <laughs> way not to hear bob but well, yeah, but I mean, that's kind of anybody in that band, even Roy, right away. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, ish, but like they both, yeah. Neil and, and Bob have like a very, a very unique. Totally, totally, yeah, totally. Timbre to their voices, I think, that is crazy. But I also think that like a big part of C the reason why CSNY is a, was a band, um, because it, like, even though it was only, what, yeah, CSN released two records before that one came out. Um, no, or, I just think it was just one. one. It's just the, the one of them on the, yeah, on the, the one. porch. I yeah. mean, it, it feels like they also were at a point where they were kind of tired of each other right. and wanted yeah, to add yeah. something to think that they could and then that never ended. The, yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. They, it's like they got a kid to save the marriage, you know, and it like right. didn't work out. And then and that got, kid was Joni Mitchell, got, and they and all wanted that, to have sex with her. <laughs> no, and then that kid left. The, that kid left the family, and then like 20 or 30 years later, they tried to re-adopt that kid. Yeah. It didn't work then. Well, one of the parents adopted him for a brief period in, right. in the 70s, and it, yeah. was, uh, it was a terrible tragedy. Yeah. Except yeah. for the one song. Uh, Griffin, you should explore the Stills Young Band album. Oh, that's we need awesome. We our podcast pretty much after it because it's such a brilliant piece of milky diarrhea. 
Uh, except for that one song. Except for Long May You Roll. Except for the title track. The title I, thought track you meant the, I thought you meant the Stephen Stills track that he, or Stephen Stills album that he released under his own name that Neil Young is, uh, that Neil Young's on. Because oh, that record's legitimately good. A Stephen Stills record? Um, Here, let me internet it real I Yeah, I feel like I... I've never heard. I don't know any of Stills' solo stuff, really. Stills is good, man. He's he's. I mean, just, yeah. He's I mean, a dick. You know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, is, oh, it, yeah. is it good? I'll, ch- I'll check it out. Yeah, that was a group for a while, though, too, right? Wasn't yeah. that one who's kind of like? But it was like it was like a Stephen Stills kind of like I'm going to build a band, pet projects. Right. Like, I mean, there was right. a bunch of those, but. Listen, yeah, man. The re- but the record is the record is Manassas, um, and I think that he's it's it's everybody's listed on the front. But I'm pretty sure if you went to find it in a store, you'd have to look under Stephen Stills. But uh, yeah, Listen, I mean, just I, just get a copy of the Stills Young Band album and okay. put on a Hawaiian shirt and don't. make a tropical drink. Okay. It's just, the album. It's yeah. the album where Neil Young invents yacht rock. It is. That's it's the birth of yacht rock. Really? That album is the birth. That's why he's a time traveling vampire. Yeah, because he knew. He, t- he traveled in 1979. He's like, Jesus, the Little River Band is doing really well. We should do something. Then he went back. He said, hey, Stills, I got a good way to make a lot of money, you know, real quick. And the chicks will dig it and guys will wear sweaters. It'll be awesome. I mean, maybe buy a couple instead of, boats. of a time traveler, he's just like more of like a mirror. So he just shows us the best and worst parts of ourselves. Because <laughs> Yacht Rock was always in us. It just hadn't shown itself yet. Just uh, needed Neil. That's gonna be the header line for this episode. Yacht Rock was always in us. It just always. hadn't shown itself to us yet. Griffin Cherry. Oh, God. So, what are you guys? Are you, do you have anything going on, or is is there any secret things you can't tell us? Or what I mean, got, with the band, what's going on with you guys now? We are, you know, we're recording as hard as we can. We are home recording. We've all kind of got our own little setups. We're also doing a lot of writing uh, yeah. together when we can. You know. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're just trying to plot and plan for next year as much as you can yeah. and, and figure out how to kind of stay afloat through all of this while still like maintaining a, our safety and b like, uh, kind of our independent, um, our independent. So if something pops up, we can just do it, you know? So, mm. um, so yeah, we're working on music videos. We're working on new songs. We're working on like a whole bunch of stuff and, nice. and, and kind of like keeping up with our Patreon is like almost a full-time job at this point. So, mm. yeah, which is crazy. Is, is that, is that, would that be a good place to point any listeners to? Yeah. How do they get there? Yeah. If you want to, um, the best way to support the band right now is to, um, go to patreoncom slash ghost to Paul Revere and become a patron. You get like music and videos, uh, all throughout the month. And it's a monthly subscription service. And, um, you can, there's two levels of subscription and they're, and they're both very cheap. So, um, it's like, uh, you guys listen to working songwriter? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome podcast. Working songwriter is an awesome podcast, but he's, I've heard his, of it, but yeah. his kind of catchphrase is, uh, for less than the, uh, the cost of a cup of coffee a month. Yeah. You can support a band, which is like the, the truth. So yeah, uh, do there or just head to ghostpower.com and check out some of our sweet merch that we got right now. Cause our buddy just did, uh, a drawing of us as uh, the Scooby Doo gang. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. It was actually, and the go. It was. It's like a double thing because the ghost of Parvier was actually a character on Scooby Doo. For real? Yeah, for real. Oh wow! Yeah. Is Not that where the name came from? from? But I learned that after oh, okay. we were a band. Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised Hanna Barbera or whoever hasn't sued you yet. Yeah. <laughs> Decent assist. 
Yeah, right. Are the bears still a thing? Plus, I don't put that out in the world. I don't want that kind of. Thing. <laughs> I'm not well, I'm redacting I'm anything. Paul Revere's actual ghost hasn't sued you guys yet. <laughs> yeah. Actually, what is that behind? What's that behind you? Actually, it's me. Oh, I'm just Zeppelin Four. That's just a Zeppelin Four tapestry. Oh, sorry. I've had yeah. since college. Don't worry. Yeah, Russ, if anyone, if anyone has, a, that's just a horse lord. It's a horse lord. <laughs> if anyone has a creepy setup, Russ, it's you because you have like a little crawl space with the door propped open, and I keep thinking yeah. at any minute someone's gonna burst through that. It's no, me. Fuck no, you. No one's bursting through there because they're zip tied. That's true. No. That's a good point. Hey, listen. Was that Russ at the Capitol? One thing I know that every human being has is zip ties. That's true. <laughs> true. Hey, the weird did thing you is see I that fucking I have Ben some... Shapiro shit? Did you see that yeah. shit, dude? Of course. I, I oh, have some God. next to me at my desk for oh, shit. management on my pedal boards. But also, they're about yay big. Where's my camera? There it is. Oh, the size of roaches in Richmond, Virginia. That's yes, right. <laughs> yeah, my, yeah, they're about the size of roaches in right. Richmond, Virginia. That's very, that's very astute. Oh, <laughs> uh, should be a nightmare of a person. God. Oh God. Well, Griff, I fucking miss you, man. I miss yeah. you guys too, man. I miss it's you a lot. Weird not seeing everybody. I hope we get to see each other sooner than later. Yeah. So. Yeah. But Griff and Sherry from the Ghost of Paul Revere, their latest release, "Good at Losing Everything," is streaming everywhere. You can get that literally anywhere where you stream albums. You can also buy. It on vinyl at their website, which is ghostofpaulrevere.com, I believe. It's on sale at Tower Records for sure. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, and um, what else was I going to say? Yeah, buy their merch, support them on Patreon. And uh, thank you for everyone who's bought merch for Long May You Young. So far, we still got some stuff, hats, and all some. kinds of good shit. We still, yeah, yeah we got would all you, kinds Would of you wear stuff. one of those, Chris? Right behind us yep, here. Yeah. For sure. You, you oh, I'm a hat fiend. I'm a hat fiend. Oh, dude, text me your address. I'll shoot you one. Do you uh, have, do you have I'll our, send you a ghost one. Hell yeah, yeah man. Hell yeah. Do you have a vinyl, uh, our vinyl either yet? I don't think so. Uh, he, uh, it came out this year. <laughs> How yeah, could so you I get it? Ha- yeah. so I definitely wouldn't have it, yeah. Now, I'll send you a hat and one of those. I'll send you a vinyl and a hat. Yes. Yeah. See, to me, Russ, Maybe, man. To this me. is my favorite thing about being like hanging out with other bands is we're just like, you want my stuff? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I do. I really do. <laughs> we have a we have a Sony Sportsman Walk Walkman player. Well, that's the the weirdest combination of English words that didn't make any sense. Uh, it's not as bad we as we have a Sony words. Walkman, the Sportsman edition, in our van. Is it the yellow one? Just so we can listen to friends, the white one. So oh, the white it's waterproof and everything has the lock yeah, yeah. on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, those are sweet. We yeah. keep it in the van just so we can listen to. Are like to bands that we meet on the road to their CDs. We don't have a, no one oh, has a CDs. CD player anymore. Yeah, I know. We didn't make we the didn't make CDs for our last record. Card. Did you guys make Smart. CDs? Did you guys yeah, make yeah. CDs? Yeah. yeah, we didn't. Yeah, yeah. we just didn't. Uh, short of to, uh, I see a lot of bands trying to uh, like put out cassettes. I've yeah. seen a few of those. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know why. Why would you even bother? I mean, do you miss I, the hiss that much? I think people were like hoping it was gonna like. It was going to take off like vinyl took off in the last yeah, couple of years. But... And it's like, no, there's a there's a big difference. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Well, part of, part of I don't know, we don't need, we don't need to get into why vinyl's good. <laughs> listen to any other music podcast ever. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not gonna I'm not a type of person who's like gonna get in the high horse and be like the audio quality quality is far superior. If you're streaming on your phone on Spotify, yeah, record's gonna sound way better than yeah. that for sure. But like also like you know, a, listening to a record. The important thing about I, that I like about listening to a record on vinyl is that 
it's an experience from start to finish. Like you have to yeah. sit down, you have to pay attention. Yeah. You get to pause it's like, the it's artwork, a you get to look at the liner notes. It's a ritual. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. Yeah. it's an experience. You appreciate the music so much more than if you just like, it's on the background when you're like doing laundry in your basement, you know? Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's what podcasts so, are for. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah. That's what right. are you, yeah, you're, you, you're kind of a podcast guy too. Cause I, I, I remember talking yeah. about my brother, my brother and me, we listen to a lot of the same podcasts. Yep. I feel like I love me some, my bim bam for sure. Bim bam. Um, I'm a big fan of, um, invisibilia and I'm a big fan of, um, the broken records has been really good too. Okay. That's, the, that's Malcolm Gladwell and, and Rick Rubin. I've never heard um, of it. That sounds great. It's awesome. Yep. Do they have more episodes out now? Because the last time I checked, it was like it was what was it? The Eminem episode. Oh, the um, only one they had out for like six months. Yeah. I think the pandemic really messed up their schedule, and also like neither of them have to do it, so it's like I'm surprised they've done as many of the as they have. Um, there's been some really good ones though, for sure, and especially if like Rick Rubin isn't the one interviewing, they can be really good. Um. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's a lot less flip floppy. Um, and I mean the shoes, the like, I'm a big Dan Carlin fan. I got it. He's like my, he's yeah. my podcast is like hardcore history and common yeah. sense are like two of my favorites, but they come out twice a year. You, know? yeah. you listen makes- to way smarter podcasts than me. <laughs> he gives the, uh, he gives the Peloponnesian war some urgency. Does he? You know, he does. it's like some obscure war or something or some kind of religious uprising you never heard of, but it, you're totally like glued to the podcast for two hours. If I didn't think What's he was going to be so insulted, I want to reach out to him and be like, this is what a compressor does. And this is why you need it on your podcast because like your normal talking voice is way back here and he's thinking about things a lot. And then oh, as soon great. as he goes to quote some like military general from Greece, he's just like, and the general said, and it's just like, fuck man, like, come on. <laughs> I had to turn my headphones all the way up so I could hear what the hell you were saying. And now my eardrums are blown out. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's how that goes. You know what I've been listening to? And it actually makes me sort of appreciate what we're doing because I, I like podcasts that do this type of thing where you're sort of, you're, you're, uh, listening or watching with them as they cover something so like for us people have written in and said like i wasn't that big of a neil like i knew neil but whatever and now that i'm listening to the podcast i'm going through each album and listening to the episode like after i listen to the album and i'm doing that right now with this um i've I've never seen the friday the 13th franchise and so now I'm doing that with this podcast, and it's it's pretty cool. It's called With Gorley and Rust. It's these two comedians, Matt Gorley and Paul Rust. Yeah, and they. Oh, uh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, Matt so they, fucking they awesome. Yeah, Matt Gorley's, and he does Conan's podcast. Yeah, and um, what's this called, Rust? I want to listen. How come you never told me about this asshole? I just started, man. So you should start doing it because I I I'm going to. Watch, I just started watching all the the Friday movies. Yeah. Text me a text me a thing. I'll listen great. tomorrow. But yeah, it's how, fun. And how this ever get made is a great one for that too. If you've ever. Oh yeah, how, uh, how this with get, uh, Paul Shear. Yeah, and Jason Manzukis. Manzukis too, right? And Manzukis, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that was great. And June Raff, Ralph, Ralph, Diane. Yo, you got it. You got it. <laughs> June Diane Ralph I Lord's horse. <laughs> yep, that's what it is. Yeah. Oh man, um, there's a lot of good ones. Smart. Have you listened to Smartless yet too? Yeah, yeah. Smartless is great. I like great. Smartless I a like bunch. Smartless. Yeah, I, I, I podcast in the block. Yeah, those guys are funny. They just, I just like hearing them riff on each other and stuff. Yeah. And well, Will, you, Will is just is hilarious. If you're looking for some good music-based podcasts, uh, might I suggest to all our listeners to check out anything on the Pantheon Podcast Network, which we are a part of, proudly a part of. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a bunch of incredible music-based podcasts, not just about specific artists like us, but all over the place. They have one about bad music called Make It Stop, which is yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. Um, and then so the that, punk- this whole thing was uh, – yeah, sorry, go ahead. The Punk Tree. You should the Punk Tree is, is a great uh, show that we listen to, but PantheonPodcast.com. I just listened to an episode of The Punk Tree where they were riffing on the Capitol shitheads and talking about the Proud Boys and shit. So. <laughs> but uh, this, this, whole, this whole last segment was our, our normal segment where we tell everyone to listen to other podcasts and, and <laughs> not ours. Right. Do you guys have – so it's like your – is this your podcast in a podcast? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. yes, for sure. It's the, like uh, the Inception Music Podcast. Yeah, it, um, yeah. Our buddies, our uh, mutual friend Kevin Oates and his brother had a podcast for a while called uh, Back to Bach. Yep. Oh, yeah. Or Bach to Bach, I mean. I listened, um, to, I listened to a couple episodes of that. Like, listen to classical music and drink beer about yep. it. Um, yeah. And they, I used, to, I used to try to have my own podcast, like try to sneak it in there, but get Kevin to add it. And it was, it was just Griffin Spears <laughs> tips, and I used to just call and leave Kevin ranting voicemails about tips I would have about drinking beer <laughs> and then, like stupid shit about like getting like going through like getting like an expensive craft beer or like getting a, like a, a like a Foster's uh, like man can you know the huge fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Like, get those and you put a craft beer inside of it so no one thinks you're drinking <laughs> good beer and they'll never ask you for it. It was like that kind of shit. I used to just leave Kevin the longest voice memos about it. Oh, that's awesome. You should start your own podcast. Oh, you know, maybe I getting drunk with Sherry, getting drunk with Sherry. Well, yeah, I'm going to, you should only drink Sherry and just, you know, Sherry with Sherry and you cover something or you, or getting drunk with Sherry. But on every episode, you just listen to the song Sherry by Steve Perry (laughs) drinking Sherry while drinking Sherry. (laughs) Is that Steve Perry or was it Journey? I don't remember. I'm just going to make a podcast oh, called Steve Does Barry. It Work? And it's like me mixing every other type of liquor with sherry and just seeing Oh, it. Jesus. Well, the answer is going to be no every time. Done. It's just like, Darren, just fast forward to the end. No, it doesn't. It doesn't oh, work. Yeah. For some reason, sherry reminds me of like old things, old, old people, people and stuff. Thanks. And that makes me want to shout out Betty White is 99 today. Yeah. Oh. Hell so, yeah. Happy birthday, Betty White. Mm-hmm. And on that note. Let's end this fucking episode. That's the best way to end the Neil Young podcast. Uh, un- unplugged next episode. Yes. And so. uh, can we talk a little bit about Lucky 13? I guess. Yeah, we'll talk about Lucky 13. I haven't listened yet. Have you guys listened yet? Yeah, I listened to it. Yeah, there's actually some pretty good stuff on there. Did you ever hear um, uh, the Unplugged, his MTV Unplugged, Kirby? Uh, Niels? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, good. That's what we're covering. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. Thanks, youngsters. Thanks, Griffin. Thank, yeah, you, thank you, Mom and Dad, oh, yeah, for, for having me, guys. Paul Revere, we love you so much, Griffin, and we really appreciate you coming on. We miss you. We miss you a lot. Your, your audio is gone again. <laughs> is it gone? No, it's oh, back. You You're back. Ah. Uh, I didn't think so. Back right in time for us to end the episode. All right. Bye, everybody. There we go. There we go. <laughs> It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.